1: My mission is simple, to make you money. I'm here to level the playing field for all investors. There's always a bone market somewhere, and I promise to help you find it. Mad Money starts now. Hey, I'm Kramer. Welcome to Mad Money. Welcome to Kramer. I've been one of my friends. I'm just trying to make you some money. My job is not just to entertain you, but to educate, to teach. So call me at 1-800-743-CBC or tweet me at Jim Kramer. I've seen the future, the post-COVID era, and it's fantastic. Today, we found out exactly what this market will look like when we beat the pandemic. We'll all take planes, then rent gas-guzzling cars, then shop our darn fool heads off. Well, that's why the Dow third three hundred twenty-eight 28 points, not just because Janet Yellen might be the Treasury Secretary. S&P gained 0.56%, per- and Nasdaq advanced 0.22%. Now, of course, I'm exaggerating here, except for about Janet Yellen, because we really hope she becomes the Treasury Secretary. But when we go through... And look at these vaccines. We discovered, what are we? Well, we're three for three. Pfizer, Moderna, and AstraZeneca all have ones that are 90% or more effective. You've got to start believing that we're rapidly heading for light at the end of the tunnel. Science is winning. People scoffed at science. They're not scoffing anymore. Now, but it's going to be a brutal winter. Once we get through it, though, the world can, we think, go back to normal given how successful these vaccines seem to be. And that's what the action told us today. It's why we saw real buying in stocks that can roar back within four to six months, assuming we don't botch the vaccine rollout. Now, I think you have to buy a couple of these vaccine winners on any weakness. Although when it comes to retail, I just say buy something, period, because there's no time to wait for dip, as you will see later on in the show, although it's a different list. Now, I'm going to give you, don't look yet. I'm going to give you a list of what I call the return to normalcy names, okay? That's, uh, what is that, return to normalcy, what is that, Ron. I'm giving you the Ron John names, all right? Here we go. We're going to start with aerospace. Once we, yeah, I know. Oh, take a screenshot of it forever. You know what? I'll take a screenshot of it. You take one at home, I'll do it here at work. And that way I can always remember it since I wrote it. Perfect. Okay, let's start with aerospace. Once we get the vaccine, we're going to travel again. And travel will be worldwide. So what does that mean you can buy? If you outthink any of these, I'll crush you. Boeing, I bet it shocks us with new orders. Plus, it's a textbook Biden stock because the company should get a big boost if the new president ratchets down the tensions with China, which he will. Even with Boeing up 6% uh, today, uh, you've missed nothing here. This move has only just begun. Carpenters. Home Depot. Stanley works. Stanley Black & Decker. Of course, if you don't want a $211 stock, and you don't feel comfortable with fractional shares, and you're not a Robin Hoodie. Well, I got a Robin Hoodie name, uh, $10 stock, General Electric. But you can join, even if you're not a Robin Hoodie. I've liked it since it was trading at seven bucks. Remember that horse race? And with that last healthcare acquisition, they just made. Geez, now finally playing offense. Then there's the chicken way to approach aerospace, which is own Honeywell, which supplies cockpits to pretty much everyone, but has a lot of other businesses. Let me get out of the way here. This list is too hot. Next, we need an airline. All right. Love Southwest. Best run. Stock is well for ties. If you'd rather bet on international travel, go ahead with United. I don't mind. That said, I vastly prefer Boeing. Second group of vaccination winners. People want to own the marginal retailers that are poised to make a comeback no matter what. Now, I think this is a tough group because you've got to go through COVID terrible right now. I like Macy's if you want to do that. Now, uh, Jeff Gannett put up some pretty good numbers last week. How do I know that? Why? Because it's their earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, amortization came in ahead of plan. I don't mind that. Kohl's works, too. I'd had a decent quarter. I'll give them that. You can always go with the lag trade. That's L Brands, American Eagle, Alfred's Port Small, and Gap. This is the one that's blessed by Matt Boss at J.P. Morgan. upgrade upgraded Gap today. He's the best retail analyst. He's been red hot. You can go do some of these names. Remember, these are the marginal names that do well. Hold on, how about this one? I like Tapestry very much. That's the artist formerly known as Coach. PVA a little ahead of itself, but you can go for Levi's. As much as I love Nike, it's too consistent to make this list. Sorry, nothing marginal about Nike. Forget consistency. The biggest vaccine winners are the inconsistent growers, episodic I call them, that will thrive when people can shop in person again. Because they're on their, uh, they're, they're, e-commerce business isn't that good. Stay tuned if you like e-commerce. Hey, speaking of shopping, how about Federal Realty? That's the top owner of shopping centers. Now, CEO Don Wood came on this show recently. And he told us he wouldn't have to cut the dividend. And people laughed. But if the vaccine is as close as experts say, he'll be hailed as a conquering hero. You want more risk? Go with Simon Property Group, the leading mall owner. They agreed to buy another mall before the pandemic hit, but they were able finally to renegotiate, getting a 20 percent discount, and just like when you go to the store. And with the vaccine on the way, that's a much more attractive deal. People lap this one up. It's a very Robin Hood, name it. You should see the stock between 4 and 5 a.m. It goes crazy. Okay, how about this? Ulta. Ulta's roaring. Hey, Estee Lauder, nice run after an amazing quarter. Of course, Target. They're all vaccine stocks, and they're all headed higher if people star- start getting vaccinated by mid-January. Target's finally getting the recognition it deserves for being more consistent operator. I like that Ulta-Target ta- tie-up. How about you? Meanwhile, Estee is the best if you think the whole world's going to open up, something that's a real possibility if AstraZeneca can deliver on that 3 billion doses promise. Think about all the do-free. Speaking of the vaccines, we still need to get it to people. More on that later. But in terms of stock picking, the pharmacies too risky, being targeted by the Death Star, also known as Amazon. Instead, go with McKesson, the top drug distributor that's handling the vaccines. They're excellent at what they do, and they should be far more consistent than the pharmacies. Next up, we're really cutting through them now, aren't we? Hey, where are you going on vacation? Easy. We're going to Disneyland, which will at last probably be open. Uh, California's got to shut down. There's so much good happening here with Disney Plus. their subscription streaming service. You can buy it on the strength of that alone. Once the theme parks and movie theaters reopen, this one's an obvious winner. It doesn't take a weatherman to know which way the wind blows. Even if the vaccine's delayed, it doesn't matter. They've got enough cash to wait this out. They were very prudent. Hey, speaking of prudent. Who's raised a lot of money? The cruise ships. Now, these aren't my favorite after the massive amount of stock that they've offered, but traders can't get enough of them. Norwegian Cruise just issued a big slug of equity, 40 million shares. That dilution means nothing to this whole horde of younger buyers. They think it's good. Royal Caribbean's always in the running for number two. I'm putting Carnival last, but the stock exploded higher today. Vaccine also means we can go out to dinner again, I guess. However, there's not going to be a stimulus bill this year. And even if Biden can wrangle out one of Congress next year, it'll be too late to save many of the independent rest that we like so much. Sorry. So stick with the larger change. Darden, the parent of Olive Garden, they're not going anywhere. How about Texas Roadhouse? I'll meet you there. Then there's oil. Now, I've said there are only two investable oil stocks, Pioneer and Chevron. I say stick with them, even as the whole group's getting a boost. I think Pioneer's acquisition of Parsley is brilliant. And uh, we know that Chevron's doing great. Other than those two, I don't want to go near the rest of the oil comics. Can you believe me? Someone came to me with the MLPs today. Uh, My friend Matt is my writing partner. I think the MLPs probably work, but I don't have the guts to recommend them to Auto Complex, another story. New, used, they're all working. I don't even care anymore. General Motors keeps breaking out. Today it got a boost because it finally stopped trying to fight California's more stringent fuel efficiency standards. Way to go. I think Tesla's got more upside. You don't need me to tell you that, even as it's just hit a new high. I like some of the auto derivatives like Illinois Toolworks, DuPont, NXP Semis, although they've been all running. You know, I have loved everything electric and hydrogen-based, and I've come to you endlessly talking about them. But today's moves, led by the usual Robin Hoodies, were so insanely positive that even though they might not be done, you just have to take something off the table. You can't let these gains turn into losses. There's so many of them that moved. All you got to do is just, well... Whatever. Finally, this market loves the financials because the vaccines mean more spending. If that's the case, I say go with Visa, MasterCard, or American Express. Skip the actual banks that need net interest margin higher. If you think the whole world's going to open up, i pick MasterCard. Meanwhile, American Express is up usually after uh, after a merely okay quarter. Seems overextended to me. Then again, you can say that about Square and PayPal. They're on fire because they take Bitcoin. The first bank that wants to make a big market in crypto can see its stock fly, too. But they're too stodgy. They're too worried. They're too scared. They won't do it. I'll come back to these vaccine winners over and over again, as we're now in the sweet spot where earnings are almost over and we're going to have visions of sugar plums dancing in our heads. No matter what, I pick two or three of these names, then wait for the next piece of bad news that freaks people out so you can buy them into weakness. You merge the up stocks with these stocks. Remember, these are the stocks that are cyclical, and you merge it with the up stocks and you do well. The bottom line. For months, I've been telling you that you need a barbell portfolio to cope with COVID. Meaning you want some stocks that benefit from the pandemic and some of the stocks that benefit from return to normalcy. RTN. we we'll call it run, return to normalcy. Right? RTN. Oh, it used to be the old Raytheon. If you just own the stay-at-home names, you got bushwhacked today. But don't worry. I think you'll get another chance to pick up some of these vaccine winners at lower levels.
2: Let's go to Scott in North Carolina. Scott. Hi, Jim. Your newsletter is awesome. Let's ah. talk to UPS. Last week, I bought four vaccine cold supply chain stocks, the Carrier, the CBS, the McKesson, the UPS. But I'm a, I'm a little leery of UPS based on history. Should I stick with UPS or flip the phone?
1: Oh, you have to. UPS, the history means nothing because now it's run by uh, Carol Tomei, who was so unbelievable at Home Depot. So let's, and she told you basically they're not going to miss the quarter. So we're going to go with... Home, we're going to go with UPS. I like Home Depot. I like FedEx. Those are all really great. But I got to go with Cal Tomei and UPS. Remember, they have freezer farms. Al in Michigan. Al.
2: Jimmy Chill. Happy Yo. Thanksgiving booyah, to you, my friend.
1: Man, I How about that guy I attacked this week Who told me, hey, I see you wear no mask in New Orleans. Of course, it was my daughter. I wasn't even down there. That guy's a joker. And I know where he works. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> Hello. Go ahead.
2: Go ahead. Jimmy, all right, I've come um, come across a name of a company by the name of Pure Storage in the data platform and dynamic storage space. So fundamentally, some research I've been doing, uh, five-bill market cap, selling just under three times sales, seem to be growing earnings and revenue at a higher-than-industry average, and look like they're making a push towards cloud-based solutions, so hopefully that gives them a tailwind. Technically, coming up on a 52-week high, Mm -hmm. making higher highs and lows, a bullish wedge formation, um, good money flow, and a rising but not overbought RSI. So, Jim, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Well, maybe they finally have it together. There have been so many disappointments here that you know I prefer a stock like NVIDIA. I just find that NVIDIA, which has had a very big move, had a great quarter, and then come back, is the way to play the data center. And I'm going to stick by that. Pure storage has been um, too hit or miss, Okay. NVIDIA is just hit. Remember, I like a barbell portfolio. Some stocks that work during the pandemic and others that work on a return to normalcy, which I got wrong initially. That's RTN. It's I like these things, you know what I mean? Okay. Hey, listen, I came up with Fang. That wasn't bad. Oh, man, money tonight. uts We came up with Uts. May dominate solely snacks, but could investing in the company leave you with a sweet taste in your mouth? I'm it's potential with the CEO. Then Black Friday is just a few days away, but as COVID cases continue to spike, fewer pitching tents and parking lots to snag door deals. They're heading online, and I'll find out what it means for major e-commerce players when to head off the charts, and it's very different from what's behind me. And the country's largest healthcare staffing agency, AMN Healthcare, is seeing record demand for nurses. But as the nationwide spread of COVID stretches capacity, I'll find out how the company is handling the surge. So stay with Kramer.
4: Your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It's packed with benefits to help unlock more value from your business purchases. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Learn more at americanexpress.com/slash business gold card.
3: Fact: Running a business is not getting easier on your wallet. With higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. Also, a fact: Smart businesses are reducing costs and headaches by graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. See how you'll profit with NetSuite, and then you can think of all the ways you could be spending the money you save. Company retreat in Malibu, anyone? By popular demand, NetSuite is offering a -a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to NetSuite.com to start saving.
1: All right, well, this has been the year of the Special Purpose Acquisition Company. Well, I don't love many of the SPAC deals, just because, you know, some of them kind of difficult to figure out. Well, some of them worked out pretty darn well. Take Utz brands. Yes, the snack maker, known for its pretzels, its chips, its cheese balls. Over the summer, a SPAC called Collier Creek, famous for this industry, decided to buy Utz and start rolling up the snack food business. Now, we spoke to them back in July. The stock was only at 13. I said, you got to buy this one. You just got to buy it since then. Well, it's only gotten better, frankly. They completed the Utz deal. The company now called U.S. Brands, and they've made a couple of more acquisitions. A small guy, HK Anderson, for peanut butter filled pretzels. But then the big dog selling out $480 million for another company that makes on the border tortilla chips hottest part of the snack business. When I supporters first quarter as a publicly traded company earlier this month, they shot the lights out. Big top and bottom line beat, coupled with terrific full year forecasts. No wonder the stock caught fire, climbing up to $19.55 as of today. Can it keep climbing? Let's take it in. Let's want to take a closer look with Dylan Lissette, the CEO of Us Brands. He had a clear read on the company's prospects. Dylan, welcome back to Make Money.
2: Hey, how are you, Jim? Good to see you.
1: Well, this is one of the most exciting times. You know, you, um, a lot of people bought the stock after you were on. It's $13. They couldn't believe it. It's a simple story. It's a story of regional and national. And it's a story of management that knows what its customers want. So from what I can tell, this Truco acquisition of On the Border fits perfectly into your
2: long-term plans. Yep, yeah, no, we uh, we agree 100%. Um, uh, they're the number three brand in the U.S. in tortillas. Uh, they do over $225 million of IRI sales across the U.S. Most of their sales occur in geographies that actually we are not that strong in, are emerging in our expansion markets. Only about 14% of their sales occur in the core markets like the uh, East Coast, where we're very strong. So we're really, really excited about it.
1: Now, when you talk about overlap, you know, I talk about it was 14 percent geographic overlap, but it could also help you in the club business, right? I mean, club and mass is really important.
2: Yeah. And the in the mass, um, you know, we go from a number four position to number three. Uh, That was one of our stated objectives when we went public that we wanted to increase our share in the mass channel. Uh, We also uh, rise up to number two in the club channel. So we're very excited about that because we think those are awesome uh, channels and have a lot of future growth in them for uh, our snacks and our brands. One of the things that's very clear from reading your documents,
1: you are it's imperative for you. You want to grow faster than the segment is growing. It looks like this acquisition is going to make that so you can be able to do that with
2: uh, room to spare. Yeah, the, um, uh, the tortilla category, um, you know, we've always been underweight in the category. Uh, we only had a 0.3% share of the category Uh, as I said earlier, Truco is the third largest brand. They're actually uh, at that rate growing 20 plus percent. The category is growing 10 percent. So we're going to capture a big part of that category going uh, forward. And we really really look forward to it just being a a core part of our uh, solving, you know, strategy across the U.S. All right. So you have
1: power brands, which are doing incredibly well, and foundation brands spin off a lot of cash. How does a foundation brand move over to power brands? And I say that because for a couple of reasons. One is the dirty, just one of my absolute favorites. But I grew up on Bachman pretzels and you're
2: and you're yeah. under indexed on pretzels. Why can't you become bigger in pretzels? Yeah, well, we're going to uh, it's going to take time. But yeah, I mean. Power brands are really brands that we're going to focus our attention on across the U.S. It's something that we think we can take nationally. We can put innovation behind it. We can put marketing dollars behind it. And the foundation ones are, are really, in, in many cases, much more regional. Uh, so as we innovate, as we put a lot of money into marketing, uh, we really expect that wherever we want to put that money is behind those power brands that we can take across the U.S.
1: You did something really smart. I see a lot of these uh, consumer package goods guys; they all come on the show, and they're all moving to digital. But you hired Gary. Vick. You hired Gary Vaynerchuk. Now I know Gary because his wine store is down the block from me, but he's much bigger than that now. So you're going digital with Gary, right? He'll know Facebook. He knows Instagram.
2: He knows where the bargains are. You looking forward to it? Yeah. So we're re- we're like really leaning in, like right now, November and December of 2020. We've got a big spend going on. It's a real push towards uh, digital and social, as you noted. We love working with uh, Gary and the uh, the Sasha group that works under X Media. Uh, and so we're pulling out really exciting stuff as we go into sort of this last couple weeks of 2020, but then really prep up for making a strong uh, kickoff into 2021 to really get some – uh, solid brand awareness for all of our uh, power brands out there. So is the
1: on the border, one of the uh, things that people f- don't understand in this country, 60% of the shopping dollars are Hispanic, okay? I know this from Constellation. The number of, of the youngest part of the population, Hispanic, growing, affluent, works hard, a lot of spending money, they have to love this product.
2: Well, I mean, it's a combination of both. Really, a lot of the uh, buyers that we found out in our diligence on the company were from, you know, general population. But it's a combination of both. And I think where they resonate mostly on the West Coast and the Midwest, uh, Texas, a lot of the areas yes. that we're not as strong in, uh, it would be really interesting for us to uh, grab a hold of that consumer that knows that product. A lot of new routes to market for us to um, go on top of for, you know, the oots brands, cheese balls, things right. like that that we can uh, – utilize in the context of their customer base and their route to market is going to be fantastic for future growth. Right,
1: well, that's question. I was looking uh, over the table. I put up a, a cheese balls. My wife loves the cheese balls. My kids love the cheese balls. I put up a picture of us eating cheese balls and within on, on Twitter, within, I don't know, five minutes, your social media team had it. How did, so you've got you've got it down in social media?
2: Yeah, we, we saw you, I think, on Twitter the next day after <laughs> our uh, our last time on uh, our Mad Money. But, uh, yeah, we'll be, we'll be looking for you tomorrow,
1: too. Oh, oh, don't worry about it. This is going to be a big Thanksgiving treat. Well, Dylan, you've done far more than anyone could expect. The stock has been terrific. The brand is great. I want to congratulate you and your team for everything you brought to the equation. It's been just terrific. Great to see you again. Right. Thanks very much. Appreciate your support. Okay, so, guys, listen. This acquisition that they made, all right, which brings them into this tortilla chips, which is the hottest area. It is so brilliant. And it's it's true that the stock went up a little bit, but I am telling you the stock is not done. Yola said, CEO of UTS Brands UTC. That money's back here for the break.
0: Summer, the best time of year, usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices. But what if there's another way? With IKEA, your summer plans can last longer than two weeks of vacation and be more affordable. Here, everyone can have lounge chair access, no reservations needed. From affordable outdoor furniture to stylish accessories, we have all the essentials you need to soak up summer in style, no matter the size of your space. Start planning a better summer with IKEA. It's your outdoor dreams inside your
4: budget. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match
1: always in the hunt for seasonal patterns that pay off year after year after year. Tonight, I've got another one for you. It's called the Thanksgiving trade. This one's pretty straightforward. Every year, retail stocks tend to roar higher from Thanksgiving through Christmas. The oh, way, which is exactly what you'd expect, given that it's his prime shoppy season. So tonight, we're going off the charts with the help of a man who brought this trade to our attention, Larry Williams, the legendary technician who's been trading stocks, futures, and commodities since I was a child. He's written more than a dozen books. He's created some very important indicators that are named after him. More important, Williams is the master of spotting cycles that repeat themselves. Remember the 4th of July trade? He told us that almost every year, if you buy the S&P 500 a few days before 4th of July, and then sell it into the first up opening a few days later, you've consistently made money. Well, this year played out the same as always. So when Williams tells us that Thanksgiving to Christmas is the ideal time to have some retail exposure, you better believe we're listening. However, because this is a show about stock picking, I'm not going to tell you about to buy the retail ETF and move on. Regular viewers know I'm not a fan of these sector-based ETFs that own the good with the bad. Why would you want to buy the worst retailers when you can use a little judgment to pick only the best ones? So we've got a little selective today. You have to be this year, but come on. We know the pandemic has thrown the entire retail cohort into chaos. The larger players have been able to cope with COVID either by expanding online or by turning their essential stores into safer places to shop. But smaller operators are having a tougher time because this environment isn't all that conducive to brick-and-mortar shopping. We may be headed for the first Black Friday where the malls aren't packed with hordes of consumers, Desperate to find the best deals. Then again, when you think about how our country's responded to the virus, hey, maybe we'll have the the same Black Friday as always, except with a much higher death toll. However, there's no denying that e-commerce has taken the world over by storm ever since COVID struck. Of course, the rise of online shopping was already a powerful long-term theme. But the pandemic sent it into overdrive. Take a look at this chart of e-commerce as a percentage of total U.S. sales. This is a percentage of U.S. retail sales. Will you look at this? 20 years ago, the Internet had less than 1% market share. These days, e-commerce is more than 16% market share after a big surge higher this year. You know what? I bet it keeps soaring over the holidays, particularly because, I mean, what happened today in the market was not indicative of what could happen in the next month because of the rise of COVID cases. Let's put it all together. Larry Williams says we're about to have a month-long retail rally from Thanksgiving through Christmas, but we should expect the holiday season to be dominated by online retail. So who are the top five online retailers in America? When you look at the absolute numbers, yes, it's the same old cast of characters. It's Amazon, Walmart, well, eBay sneaks in there, Apple and Home Depot. Collectively, they account for more than half the market. Although we're going to leave eBay out because it's an auction platform, not a retailer. Great news here. The market went nuts for the more episodic retailers today, as I said at the top of the show. And most of these stocks were hurt badly. That's going to give you a buying opportunity into Larry Williams's case. Let's take them one by one, starting with the daily chart of Amazon. See the red line at the bottom here? That's the seasonal pattern, the way Amazon tends to trade at this time of year. Williams points out that historically, the period from September through late November has not been friendly for Amazon. Well, isn't that been the case exactly like this now? And everyone's fretting and giving up on Amazon. Well, hold it. It's been able to rally in spite of the weak seasonal pattern. It didn't go all the way down. So you've got to imagine what happens when this pattern turns positive later in the week. I think it's going to be pretty amazing. Next up, there's Walmart the number two player in the e-commerce space. Here's a company that's been making a fortune thanks to the pandemic. Not only is Walmart an essential retailer, meaning they'll, they'll get a ton of business if COVID cases keep spiking, and governors are forced to shut down stores or do something to alleviate this incredible pressure. Walmart gets to stay open no matter what, which is why the stock was such a great performer during the first wave in the spring. On top of that, the company spent billions building up its digital business over the years. They're a great omni-channel operator now. So what does this chart tell you? Well, the stock has rallied in tandem with a strong seasonal pattern. Although even when the seasonals turned negative through July through September, Walmart kept climbing higher. Way as the seasonal forecast levels off for the next few months. Normally, Walmart's not a go-to play on the holidays. But I'm betting this year could be different. As far as the chart goes, the stock rallied when the seasonals were bad. It rallied when the seasonals were good. I bet it keeps rallying when the seasonals are just okay. I know, we should probably sub-target for that. But we're going to use Larry's uh, Case, because Larry's been so right, and I talked about Target at the top of the show. How about the daily chart of another one that's suddenly fallen out of favor, Apple? Well, this moves a ton of its own merchandise online. These days, Apple's more about the booming service revenue stream, though. All the money they make selling you backup data, music subscriptions, and the 30% cut they take for the app stores uh, than, than it is about hardware. Remember, the, young, the smaller developers under a million are getting a break in that app store for cut in half. Uh, this year, most consumers are flush because so many of the things we normally spend money on have been shut down. It's not an experiential economy anymore. If you're not going on vacation, or going out to dinner, or going to the movies, or going to see a ball game, the savings really do add up. That leaves you with a lot of extra cash that you can only really spend on stuff. And Apple makes some of the best stuff in the universe. Now, history doesn't give us a ton of guidance here, right? Apple's seasonal pattern is pretty much flat for the next few months, meaning it could go either way. But between the AirPods, the watch, the new 5G-enabled iPhone 12, I'm willing to bet that Apple has a huge holiday season. Still, you know my view on this one. Apple's a great long-term story, especially with the more China-friendly Biden administration taking off in January. So there's no need to get cute here. Just own it. Don't trade it, as always. And how do I know about Biden? Well, Biden is a team player, teamed with the rest of our allies. He doesn't want to go it alone. So I think that the Chinese are going to respect that like it or not okay now how about home depot when you look at williams's seasonal pattern here it's a lot more clear cut home depot's had a fabulous year because when millions of people are stuck at home they have every reason to renovate it's the only way to stay sane frankly we're, we're doing it i mean I, I, I told my wife i said what's the matter with CC? what's the matter with my daughter's own cabinets she's oh no we got to get rid of them we have to renovate i didn't know we had to i, I guess we have to more importantly the seasonal forecast suggests that the stock's do for a big run Jacob williams tells us that retail tends to catch fire. This is probably the easiest of all the ones we're talking about. Finally, let's not forget another stock that didn't do well right now, but is pretty good, Kramer-Fave Costco. Williams loves this one, too. Even though it doesn't have a ton of digital exposure, it's getting better and better. Costco is another essential retailer it has been cleaning up by making its stores the safest place to shop. Remember, they were the first ones to force customers to wear masks. They were actually thinking no one would follow. The seasonal pattern here makes Williams think that Costco is ready for a quick pop, making it the perfect fit for his Thanksgiving trade. Remember, there is a $10 special dividend coming your way if you're a Costco shareholder. The bottom line, the charts as interpreted by the legendary Larry Williams suggest that retail tends to roar every year from Thanksgiving through Christmas. And this year, he recommends loading up on the retailers with the most digital exposure. Remember, that's different from what I said at the top of the show. Considering how well his 4th of July trade worked out, though, I bet he's going to be right about the Thanksgiving trade. He's not talking Macy's, he's not talking Kohl's, he's not talking Nordstrom, he's not Talking Best Buy, he's talking the big guys. Let's go to Ryan in New York. Ryan,
2: hi Jim. Uh, My question is about Lululemon. I wanted to know what your short-term and long-term outlook on the stock is, and what would be a good entry point with it having such positive growth over the past two years. Okay, they just
1: named a new CFO. You know, I happen to love this company very much, Um, and I do think that this is one of those that people feel is going to is going to go away. Okay, going to go away. Why? because people say you, it's time to move into Levi's or time to move into uh, VF Corp. I want to stick with Lulu. I think it's a buy, but I wait till it's on weakness. I'm looking to see if, did Larry Williams just have a grand, I think he just had a grand, grandchild. Well, congratulations, Larry. Um, let's go to uh, Jim in Florida. Jim.
3: Yes, Jim. Thank you for taking my call. I purchased Shopify for the first time back in September of 2019. Well, you're a rich, man. COVID.
1: You're a rich because, man. That- well, you had a lot to do with that. Thank well, thank you. you. I love I love Shopify. Go ahead.
3: Well, uh, that's what I wanted to know. With the volatility which seems to have uh, gotten even more uh, all tied to COVID news, a vaccine, no vaccine when and there won't be a sizable percentage of our population vaccinated till well into the second quarter. So the long-term outlook is what I'm interested in is it time to fish or cut bait with Shopify.
1: Look, I think Shopify is something that you have to think of as a multi-year move as we move from a culture uh, uh, where it's big box and big machine to a culture where it's small people being empowered. This is a story about empowerment, and that's a secular growth story. It's not so much the merchandise. It's the ethos. Stay long, Shopify. Don't need it to buy anymore here. It can be a wild trader, but I like it. Here we are. The top U.S. online retailers, this is what Larry Williams wants us in, okay? The Thanksgiving retail trade will be in full effect this year. The charts suggest you will it up on retailers with strong digital exposure. Now much more mad money, I include my students with AMN Healthcare. As COVID cases continue to rise all across the U.S., can the company keep up with the demand? I've got the CEO. Remember, they got to get the nurses to where we need them. Then, seeing promising results from the clinical trials of coronavirus vaccines. Uh, But now comes the hard part. I'll explain. And all your calls, rapid fire in tonight's edition of The Lightning Round. So stay with Kramer. COVID cases exploding all over America. What do we make of AMN Healthcare, which helps hospitals handle staffing, among other issues? During the first wave in February and March, this stock caught fire because Wall Street figured this would be the perfect time for them to thrive by providing surge healthcare talent to the hardest hit areas. However, the reality is just a little more complicated. While parts of AMN's business are doing well, like the travel nurse staffing unit, other parts are suffering from the same woes as the rest of the healthcare industry, which has had to postpone tons of non-urgent procedures until the pandemic is under control. And that's why the stock plunged from 90 in March to the mid-30s by May, but the bears got carried away. See, AMN Healthcare reported two, uh, but better than feared earnings. Uh, It's two quarters in a row now, sending the stock back up to $62 as of today. And even as these levels, uh, well, I have to find it, it's actually not expensive. It sells for just 19 times next year's earnings. So could this be one worth buying now that we're getting closer to a vaccine? Let's check in with Susan Salka. She's the president and CEO of AMN Healthcare Services to get a better sense of how our business is doing. And where it's headed, Ms. Salka. Welcome back to Mad Money.
5: Hi, Jim. Thanks so much for having me back and keeping a focus on health care. Oh, absolutely,
1: Susan. We have to. And well, let's just start right there. How has the pandemic impacted the immediate and longer range outlook for demand and supply of health care in this country?
5: Well, the pandemic has hit the, certainly the country and the healthcare ecosystem in ways nobody could have ever expected. And, and for us, it's really manifested in two important ways. First is it's accelerated the shortage of clinicians, particularly nurses. As you well know, we were already on a path to have the worst shortage of clinicians this country's ever seen. And that's been accelerated and probably amplified by many years. And today, hospitals are facing vacancy rates in nutrition like they've never seen before. And that's translating into huge demand for travel nurses and, and really all kinds of healthcare professionals. You know, many nurses are burned out. They're retiring early, they're making a decision to stay home, to oversee childcare and education, and there's a a tremendous concern across healthcare executives that this is going to last for many years to come. The second effect is the fact that we've seen an acceleration in the adoption of total talent solutions, things like our managed services programs and other ways that we can help clients to attract not only permanent staff, but also really make it efficient and easy to get the temporary staff they need. And as you know, this is more important today than ever before so it's a time when, you know, for our organization, we are all hands on deck. I know I said that in March, but it, it mm-hmm. has even amplified to a greater degree.
1: Okay, so Susan, tell me, we've all read this story of this uh, nurse in South Dakota who said that when people come in, they don't believe in the, uh, in the illness. They don't wear masks. They don't think anything works. What do you tell? How do you back up your staff a- against people who, frankly, are apostates to this illness?
5: It's very critical that we support and express our gratitude every single day and in every way we can to our healthcare heroes. And certainly that's our clinicians and healthcare workers, but it's all clinicians and healthcare workers and the healthcare organizations that are supporting them. That's probably the most important message that I can share today. But at AMN, we take it further. We want to make sure that we're doing everything we can to make it easier for clinicians to do what they do best and deliver great patient care. And so we've invested a lot in making sure that we can do virtual onboarding, creating an easier clinical and credentialing experience for them. We're providing mental health support and mentoring, particularly for those clinicians that might be on their first assignment. And they are going in to the biggest crisis that this country and and world has have ever seen. So really important that at every turn we're doing what we can to really expedite the process for them, but also be there for them professionally and personally in every way.
1: Now you've also gone after what you call lapsed travel nurses. You've been able to get people who have what retired and are coming back because who wants to go into this fire? It's a raging fire.
5: You know, nurses are a very special profession. Individuals join nursing because they truly care about making a difference and helping others. And it's not just nurses. It's really all kinds of healthcare professionals. And so in this environment, they really want to help. But as I mentioned earlier, we're actually facing a situation where we have many clinicians that can't come in because perhaps they need to stay home or the risk just isn't worth uh, going in and then maybe bringing something home or having the quarantine. And so, you know, we're doing everything we can and in investing in things like digital marketing and recruitment so that we can reach out and make it very easy for clinicians to find the perfect job for themselves. Uh, we have AMN Passport that we launched earlier this year that enables clinicians to really access jobs 24 7 and make it easy for them to apply and book themselves and even start the credentialing process without even having to talk with a person and so in this environment things like digital capabilities automation are absolutely critical fortunately many of the states have implemented crisis licensing as well and that's helpful to move the important staff around the country but we have to also be making investments to make it easier for them. Right, so
1: if people at home are listening to you uh, and they want to try to help, uh, help the nurses, help the healthcare professionals who are on the front lines, who never expected this, what can they do?
5: Well, first as I mentioned, express your gratitude and appreciation. The second would be to call your legislators. There's actually a very important bill that was introduced a couple of months ago called the TREAT Act, and that would enable clinicians, particularly nurses, to move around the country more freely during a national healthcare crisis like we're in today. And while there are easing of state licensures, having a national license or something that at least acts like a national license during a time like this would be very, very important important and very helpful. So I'd encourage you to try to support that bill uh, as legislators are voting for it.
1: Well, that's what we're going to do because you make too much sense and you've done an amazing job in getting these people to where they have to be. Otherwise, I don't know where we would be. Susan Salka, CEO of AMN Healthcare. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Susan. Good to see you as always. What's up? And then the lightning round is over. Are you ready? Ski Daddy, time for the lightning round. Josie in Florida. Josie. Hi, jo- hi,
5: Kramer. I'm Josie calling from Orlando. Thank you for feeding us financial knowledge. Shout out to my trading
4: crew, Mitch, Soundline, Kevin. Kramer, my question is for Ballard Power, BLDP.
1: Well, It's yeah. funny you mention I was just looking at it. Why? Because they just did a $250 million, what's known as bought deal. They sold a lot of stock, $13 million, at 19 and a quarter. They took advantage of what is just an insane group of moves. If it, has, if it has to do with hydrogen, if it has to do with EV, it went nuts today. And what I am urging, once again, is for people to take a little off the table. So I'm going to say, wait for BLDP. I've, although I did see, it is incredible. You know, my favorite plug power just won't stop. How about Michael in New Jersey? Michael. Hey, how you doing, Jim? Good. Michael, how are you? Happy Thanksgiving to you. Oh, same. So, um, I, I like investing in the EV spaces, and I've been following this company for a few months when it was a penny stock back in June. Uh, I decided to take a very small position a few weeks ago. I wish I had taken more. Uh, it was up 60% today, 140 this past week. This stock is charging ahead faster than the blink of an eye. Is this company for real? What should I do with it? Blink. David and I talked about this morning. Okay, here's what you have to do with it. Tomorrow morning, you're going to take half of that off, and you can play the rest from now to kingdom come. I do not care, but you are selling half tomorrow, or else you're not my friend. Let's go to Pete. Let's go to... It's a heavy punishment. Let's go to Pete in California, Pete.
2: Hey, Jim, calling from San Luis Obispo, the happiest place in the country. Oh, I love San
1: Luis Obispo. It's so beautiful.
2: Hey, happy Thanksgiving to you and your family. Same. Um, I'm calling about a California gas and electric utility that's coming out of an ugly bankruptcy. They just hired a new CEO. Wanted to get your take on Pacific Gas and Electric.
1: I want them on this show so bad because it's such an intriguing idea to buy that stock. But it is California, and I am worried. But, you know, with a new president that actually doesn't despise and hate California, it could be interesting. You don't know. Although, of course, he's not a new president yet. Because, oh, does oh, the president tweet Hasn't tweeted in 17 hours. What the heck is that about? I mean, Michigan just got certified for Senate Okay, let's go one more. Let's go to Andrew in Maryland. Andrew. Booyah, Mr. Kramer. Booyah back. I'm a 19-year-old investor and new Action Alerts Plus member. Yes, I wanted to get your take on a stock that you had on the show back in early April. I bought in at $6 and trimmed a large portion of my holdings at $13. Today it dropped under $10. What are your thoughts on San Gammo Therapeutics? We're uh, not that high on it, frankly. Uh, but first of all, congratulations. You're a young investor. You've already made a lot of money. But it's just not one of my faves. And, and you know, look, Nothing's like the fuel stocks. But there's just a lot of other biotechs that I like more than that. So I'm going to say um, be careful. How about that? Be careful. One more one more no that's it and that's it ladies and gentlemen that's the end of the lightning round
3: the lightning
0: round is sponsored by TD Ameritrade
1: Jim Kramer you're one of my heroes
5: Alex to your show every weeknight Thank you so much for helping beginning investors like me.
2: When you talk about the market, I just believe that you're spot on. Oh, I love it. Thank you so much. Every night we watch you, I have learned and earned.
1: We're right on the cusp of having multiple vaccines. Very exciting day. But we still don't know how the supply chain will work. Or where will we be able to take it without getting ourselves infected in the process? Too many questions, too few answers. Let's start with distribution. The military has a team led by Army General Gus Perna, who actually runs Operation Warp Speed. He said on 60 Minutes that it's up to him to get the vaccine where it needs to go. He's like a real straight shooter. I think that's terrific. We want a central distribution hub run by someone who understands supply chains. There's just one problem. The White House has said repeatedly that they want the vaccines to be distributed by the states. So what the heck does General Perna really have to do with it? Does he have to call 50 governors and ask them what to do? I mean, what makes us think the governors know anything about logistics? This morning, Texas Governor Greg Abbott told Squawk Box that things were all set. No need to worry. But he doesn't exactly have the best track record when it comes to fighting the pandemic. But it's not just federalism that causes problems, frankly. There's a whole Other layer of this that's led by a very good company by the name of McKesson, the drug wholesaler, and the pharmacies like CVS, okay, and like Walgreens that are supposed to give you the shots. That's where we hear it's going to come from, all right, this level and this level. McKesson apparently would get the vaccines from the Army, but we're not even sure about that. It's not really clear. As part of Operation Warp Speed, the federal government is supposed to partner with states and cities, along with private operators, but I'm worried we're just piling on lots of unnecessary middlemen. If it all works out, I can see the Department of Defense getting 300 million doses of various vaccines rather soon. The general says they already have warehouses that are filled with them, although he won't say how many vials. Still, that is what we want to hear. Then by January or even sooner, they'll begin to hand them over, hopefully to McKesson, which starts off by giving them to the first responders and health care workers and nursing homes. Those are the most critical. And then the drugstores will be accessible to everyone. So we're trying to get this up to there, there, up to there. From these guys to there to this, that, you get me? But what the heck do the drugstores do with them? Now, Larry Merlot, CEO of CVS, outgoing CEO, went on Sunday morning talk show yesterday and said his company's all set to inoculate the population. He made it sound as though this will be like getting a flu shot. Hey, fair enough. But we can only produce so much vaccine at once. And here you can see, remember, you're going to have to get two doses. This this looks like a lot, but remember, you're talking about really about 10% of the country. Uh, My question is, how do they determine who gets it? Is it first come, first serve? Will they prioritize higher risk populations like the elderly and people with pre-existing conditions? There's going to be some pecking order. Do we really want the drugstores making that call? Maybe we do. Private industry seems to know a lot. More importantly, some of these COVID vaccines are not like the flu shot. Pfizer needs to be uh, incredibly cold. Uh, can CVS do that? Well they do they have the freezer capacity? I don't know. Look, they can put it in dry ice, but dry ice happens to be an in incredibly short supply right now, as I said in my Twitter feed. Meanwhile, Moderna's vaccine only needs simple cooling, but it's harder to make, so there are far fewer doses available. You can't vaccinate the whole country with Moderna. Now, we know of another vaccine, the one from AstraZeneca in U.K., and they're pumping out about 3 billion doses next year. That sounds great. Initially, though, it'll be a much lower number. I'm not sure how much of it even comes here because AstraZeneca is a British company. Larenka, a good firm, said don't even count on it coming here. Even assuming we can handle all the logistics problems, uh, do the drugstores have a plan to give these shots to hundreds of millions of people? Will they do it at their health hubs or inject us in the parking lot? Or is it going to be like what we heard when, when we first heard of testing, which is that there's going to be a million parking lots and a lot of testing? Didn't happen. None of these questions have been answered, which is why I think we're really headed for a period of controlled chaos. Very hard to imagine this process working smoothly, especially with the presidential transition coming right in the middle. No sign of cooperation whatsoever, as the current president is yet to signal that he that he lost. As I see it, we're doing this backwards. When we developed the polio vaccine, President Eisenhower made it mandatory. You had to go to your local schools. You had to get vaccinated. I remember this. It was or else. But in many ways, that was a simpler time. Now we have to deal with the Rube Goldberg machine of the federal government, the state government's private industry. We don't really know how it all fit together. We maybe as if by magic. More important, how many people will even take the darn thing? If they make it easy enough, I hope most people get vaccinated. My bet is that the vaccine will be readily available at least by March. I just wish we had a clear plan to get there, because this is too important to risk screwing up. I like to say there's always a bull market somewhere, and I promise you to find it just for you right here on Mad Money. I'm Jim Cramer. See you tomorrow. The news with Shepard Smith starts now.